Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. that's what we do this morning, celebrate you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, this, this Christmas season, um, I wanted to take a shift, not really a shift, because we've done this kind of thing in the past, and really approach the topic of Christmas from a, a softer, more lighthearted, and more fun standpoint, because previously, uh, you know, just if you look at this entire year, it's been just gloom and doom. Anyone agree with that? It's been just lots of bad stuff and hurtful stuff and all that stuff. Uh, so I wanted to talk about Christmas from a fun standpoint, just to bring a little bit of joy back. And I, I had to tread carefully because when you talk about Christmas in a non, what some people say, non-traditional Christmas way, people get offended. So the pictures I'm going to show you are not what I'm going to do, but they offended a lot of people. Hoping they don't offend you, because they're Christmas pictures. Uh, because last year, uh, anyone know what a hipster is? Because you might be one, but anyone know what a millennial is? Yeah, okay, all right. Last year, there's this picture came out, I think it was either 15 or 16, talking about, because everyone's talking about hipsters and millennials, and so a lot of pastors tried to jump on the bandwagon and talk about a uh, Christmas from the standpoint of being a hipster or a millennial. Now, to me, this was funny, but to a lot of people, they were offended. And it wasn't just funny because the wise men are on segways, right? Or that they were bringing gifts from Amazon, which was hysterical to me. Apparently, people were offended by that. Uh, or that, you know, Joseph and Mary are taking selfies, which if Jesus came today, isn't that what they would probably do? They would take selfies and take pictures, right? But a lot of people were offended. What you can't see, which I thought was hysterical, I don't think anyone was offended by that, uh, and I'm sorry, I couldn't find the full picture, is the back of the cow, on the back of the cow, it's stamped 100% organic, which was hysterical to me. I thought this whole thing was like, oh, that's funny. But apparently, because it, it, it you know, kind of infringes on that Christmas tradition of, of, you know, everyone got offended, right? And then there was another picture, also offended people, but true, uh, where it showed, you know, uh, the whole scene was focused around this to-do list and the cell phone, buy gifts, make cookies, holiday party, yada, yada, yada. But the whole nativity scene is, you know, supposed to be focused around Jesus. And, and what they were trying to show is that we've missed the point of Christmas. But people got offended because you're messing with the traditional nativity scene. So I was like, I can't go there. I don't want to do that. I don't want to get offended. Uh, so what I thought I would do is address from something that near and dear to my heart, which is TVs and movies, right? 
lots of TVs and movies. You guys will watch them this whole Christmas season that speak to the heart of Christmas, that kind of remind us about, you know, the Christmases when we were growing up, right? And uh, how many people have at least one, if not two, favorite Christmas, either TV show or movie that you're looking for this Christmas season? Yeah. Now, there's a couple um, of, of just classic ones, right? Like, how many people watch A Christmas Story? Yeah. I hate that movie with a passion. I, I cannot stand it. And I, to be honest, I have not watched the entire thing because no matter where I start in it, two minutes in, 20 minutes in, an hour and two minutes in, within three minutes, I am like just, I can't. And I got to turn it off. But people love it. I don't know why. I, I, I know people love it. I am not one of those people, so I will not be watching or speaking about this this Christmas season. But there's also um, Elf. How many people have seen Elf? Okay. Now, the only reason I like this is because it's the contrast of, you know, he seems to be the only person that's really like, Christmas, fun, let's have fun, let's do fun stuff for Christmas, and everyone else is all busy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but again, some people are like, that's not a traditional Christmas movie, and they get really upset. And then, I don't know about you guys, and I'll say this again, don't pull my man card, but any Christmas show on the Hallmark Channel, like, I mean, starting in December, they just do... Like, you will sit, you will weep, you will love Christmas, uh, no matter, you know, what you are. Because they just, I, I don't even know if they still do regular cards. I think all they do is put time and money into Christmas stuff. Because it is like their biggest thing. And like literally millions upon millions of people, not just in the U.S., but around the world, will look and say, oh, it's Christmas time for the Hallmark. And there's lots of other channels that do the same thing. And there's lots of other um, Christmas classics, like White Christmas. How many people you know, the old school, and uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, all that kind of stuff. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you guys to do this. Take like five or ten seconds, turn to your left or right with someone around you, and just take a moment and share what is your favorite Christmas either movie or TV show that you enjoy, that you're looking forward to, or maybe you haven't seen it in a while. Just take a few minutes, share that with everyone around you, and uh, then we're going to jump back in. So... All right, so let me, let me ask uh, any bold people. Someone raise their hand. Just share what is your favorite Christmas movie or TV show. Anyone? All right. It's a Wonderful Life. Good one. Class one. Why? Why? Makes you feel good. That's what you want at Christmas. How do you have your hand up? <laughs> not, not the original animated one? I think the one with Jim Carrey is good. I just like the, the original... The way they made his heart grow and shrink. And he, yes, he, he did a good job. He did a good job. Yeah, Joe. The Brady, the Brady Bunch Christmas? Oh, a very Brady Christmas. That's right. They did do that. Yeah. They brought all, that one had all the original family back together. And um, I think Alice was no longer a slave. No, she wasn't a slave. But she was no longer, like, working full time. She was like, she never got a day off, it seemed like. All right, Ben, you had your hand up. Christmas vacation, yeah, because it's family, and it's fun, and it's the accidents and stuff that happen. Anyone else before I move? Charlie Brown it's a Charlie Brown Christmas, a classic, great one. Anyone else? Never heard of it? Are you talking about the hotel? Is it Bing Crosby? Because I love Bing Crosby, White Christmas. Now, I got to go look up holiday. And, is it black and white? Okay, all right, okay. Just because, 
Okay, all right, cool. Holiday Inn. I got to go add that to my Netflix queue. Yeah. A classic miracle. On, I did not like the remake they did in was it the seventies or eighties? It just wasn't as good as the the they, the cast in the original one was phenomenal. Great stuff. Anyone else before we move on? Something good. So now here's what I'm gonna do. The two that I'm gonna show you, you know, one of them you guys kind of brought up, so I'll, I'll I'll talk about that. But one of them is like it is it is a Christmas around the world classic. There are literally groups of people who all they do is get together on Christmas and watch this online, and it is the Christmas classic Die Hard. Anyone seen Die Hard? Yeah. Now, there are whole groups, college courses, classes, Facebook discussion groups, all these people who debate whether or not this is a Christmas classic. Some say no, because just because it takes time, you know, takes place at Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas classic movie. Others say yes. Now, let me show you why, why, why I agree with them. Yes, first of all, there's the timing of when this takes place. Bruce Willis, who plays the hero, heads out to uh, California, I think from New York, to go and visit his wife during Christmas time. All right? Now, he's specifically going to visit her at Christmas time. If he had gone at any other time, um, it, it, it wouldn't have worked. It just wouldn't have worked. Uh, and when he goes to visit her, her company is having this Christmas party. Home Christmas party, and, and some of the praise team were talking about when their company's gonna have Christmas parties, some of your companies are gonna have Christmas parties. So they were talking about when there was going to, uh, they were, uh, Bruce Willis comes out when there's this Christmas party for the whole company, right? This is crucial, because if it had been for any other reason, the timing wouldn't have worked. If he had come out for her anniversary, it would have been, he goes for her anniversary, there's like three people there for her anniversary, and it ends. But the timing was perfect because it was Christmas when people gather. Uh, the, the terrorists, there's a bunch of terrorists that want to get something from the company that they own, I think it was Bear Bonds or whatever, so they take all these people hostage, and when they try to call the cops, the cops are like, okay, another drunken Christmas party, and you guys may not think that, but I shouldn't say this, but, okay. All right, but... Yeah, uh, so the cops are slow to respond. They're like, we'll get to you when you can. It's another drunken Christmas party and all that stuff, right? So the timing of it from, from the perspective of the terrorists, perfect. From the perspective of uh, Bruce Willis going to visit his wife, perfect. It's this great timing of all these events that converge. And the gathering, the reason that they're gathered is perfect, right? Because if, if, if they had had just a regular, like it's the CEO's birthday party, not as many people would have been there. If they had had, hey, we're launching our newest product, not, or we broke this money in sales, not as many people would have been there. But this particular gathering, a Christmas gathering, brought everyone from the CEO down to the mailroom people. Everybody showed up. Because that's what happens at Christmas, right? At your Christmas parties, there are people that don't want to go, but it's a Christmas party. So they're like, yeah, I'll go. And some of you, you're going to go. Family members you haven't seen in who knows how long will show up or you'll go visit them and you'll gather at Christmas and it's a time when people reconcile and families want to be together and people who normally don't want anything to do with humanity, they're like, oh, I'm disgusted with humanity. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to. They'll go looking for a place to gather and people to hang out with because it's the Christmas season. 
and all the commercials and, and everything will just, hey, it's gathering, it's gathering, it's gathering. So a lot of them are about gift giving. A lot of them are about the gift giving or the food or everything being done at this gathering of friends and family. It's a time when people want to get together and be reconciled to their family and make things right. Okay, So it works out. Now, here's my reason why I think it's it's it's, it's awesome Christmas movie. And again, I'm not saying that Bruce Willis is trying to, or any, any, anyone who made this movie, Die Hard, that they're trying to, you know, have a Christmas message. But in the movie, the most unlikely person of all, who's Bruce Willis, I think it's John, uh, of, is meant to save lives and stop this overwhelming enemy that there's no way he can stop them at Christmas time, which is the heart of the Christmas message. And I'm not saying Bruce Willis is Jesus, right? But he is the most, he is not like in most of the action movies you see today, there's a special force retired. How many people remember Rambo, you know, uh, or any action movie today? It's some Delta Force trained, special forces trained, whatever guy who's retired. This is just a New York City beat cop who is not expected to take on an entire terrorist organization fully armed to the teeth by himself. But that's what he does. And in the same way, Jesus, the most unlikely person of all, shows up to save lives of everyone at Christmas time. And again, not saying Bruce Willis is Jesus, not saying that at all. But in the book of Matthew, this is what Matthew writes when he's talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. He says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And that betrothed means they were engaged. It's a little bit more formal. I'll get to that than what we do today. But she was found to be with child, meaning that either she started experiencing the pains or, or all the stuff that you experience when you're pregnant. And, and people said, hey, what's going on? Those are the symptoms you have when you're pregnant. But yeah, I, I'm a virgin. I was doing anyone. Or she just started showing, which is one of the symptoms of pregnancy. You start showing that you're pregnant. And, and she was in this place where she was betrothed to Joseph. Now, Matthew goes on and says, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, the reason it says her husband is because today, when you get married, you go down to the courthouse, pending, it you know, varies from state to state, municipality to municipality or county. You're down to the courthouse, you have to get a license. Normally, you can do it in front of a judge or in front of a priest, and then they will sign all the documents, and then some people will have, you know, the big wedding ceremony. And I think Christy and I were watching one of the Duggars, one of the 20-some-odd Duggar, whatever. It was one of the guys, though, one of the sons, he got married, and what the pastor did is he said, they're going to go do the unity candle. While they do the unity candle, I'm going to sign the document. What I typically do is I will do the ceremony, and I'll task somebody in the family, hey, you guys, make sure that no one leaves this building without that document signed, because otherwise it's all for naught. What they did in that era was all the legalities were taken care of at the engagement. So technically, they're married. It meant nothing to them because they didn't yet have the ceremony before God. But from a legal standpoint, all the T's were crossed, the I's were dotted, they were married. So he technically was her husband, even though they were only betrothed, which is why he, he because he was a just man, said, I'm, I'm not going to shame her because from his perspective, 
this woman who tells me she's a virgin comes up pregnant. And he could have, like, called her out, Facebook rants for days, but he said, you know what? I'll just divorce her, and I'm going to move on with my life. And then Matthew tells us, though, that but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, this is a short paragraph, but there's a lot in it, because first and foremost, the angel that appeared to him, and a lot of critics will say, when it appeared to him in a dream, how do we know that's true? And I think if you look at Joseph's perspective, if the angel had not appeared to him in a dream, he would still have that doubt. If Mary were, st- and I'm, I'm, I'm putting, and, and let me, guys, put yourself in this place. You're betrothed, who says she's a virgin, never been married, never done anything before, and, and you're going to be her first, you are her first love. But then she pops up pregnant, and you know it's not you. And then an angel shows up next to her saying, well, this is from God. And if you read throughout the Bible, God has showed up numerous times in history and told things to people, and then later on, the outside circumstances made them do what? Doubt. Like Abraham. Well, maybe, I know God said, he showed up, he said he's going to give me a child, but, you know, age, time, that's going on, maybe that's not going to happen. And I think, to, to the benefit of God, rather than have an angel show up and tell him this is going to happen, he had the angel appear within him in his dream so that he can't say, you know what, I know the angel appeared out there. An angel appeared in here and revealed it to him in here, if that makes sense. And he accepted it in here, despite everything that was being told to him out there. Because if you or I did that, people would laugh and say, you're a fool, and say, she's cheating on you, or whatever. And the reason why the angel says, Joseph, son of David, that's not for him, that's for us. That's for all of the other people, because in order for Jesus to be the rightful king and ruler of Israel, which is what he was claiming to be, he would have to be a descendant of David. So what the angel makes sure that we are aware of is he says, Joseph, son of David, because Joseph was a son of David, a descendant of King David. Therefore, when he took Jesus as his son, legally, what was Jesus now? A descendant of David. But for all the critics, Mary was also a descendant of David. So for anyone who said, well, you have no real biological claim to the throne, Jesus could say, yeah, because Mary was also a descendant of David. So legally, because he was the son of an heir, and biologically, because he was the descendant of an heir, he had every right to claim the throne as his. And this is what he says. He says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he's going to do what? Save his people from their sins. Now, here's where this is the great thing of, of, of like theology. His people were who? The Jewish people. Yeah, he was going to save them. As a human being, who were his people? All people. He didn't die just for the Jewish. He didn't die just for the poor, as a lot of people will say. He didn't die just for the rich. He didn't die just, he died for every single person on the planet. 
And then Matthew finishes this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us, because he was God in the flesh. And all the people were waiting, and they had spent literally hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years waiting. God, when are you going to save us? God, when are you going to come down? God, when are you going to send the Messiah? When are you going to send, you know, someone? And then the least likely person of all, Jesus Christ, full guy born to a carpenter, shows up to save all of humanity. Now, the other, other classic that is so awesome is one, I forget who, I think Andrew or somebody mentioned it. Um, I love it, Charlie Brown Christmas. And I was going to play the music so it would be in your head all day, all that Charlie Brown Christmas music. It's going round and round, because it's awesome. I love Charlie Brown Christmas. I actually listened to, if you listen to, there's a, uh, I think it's on YouTube or somewhere where you can find the entire, all of the music from it. And I thought, how many songs are there? I thought there was one, like the da 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 But there's like all these songs, and all of them sounded familiar. But what could be more Christmas celebratory than, and I, I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but what could be more Christmas celebratory than everyone running around talking about, you know, the whole Christmas tree, the poor, I don't even want to call it a tree, it's like a, a long branch that Charlie Brown had that, that was wilting over, and, and, and everyone's complaining about his tree, and everyone's wondering about gifts, and even Charlie Brown, uh, he's sitting around wondering, hey, you know, I wonder if I'm going to gift, is it the little red-headed girl that he had the hots for? The little red-headed girl or whatever, and he's, he's wondering, I wonder if I'm going to gift from her or a Christmas card from her, and all of the people are focused on everything, and he gets to this point where he gets so frustrated that he just asks, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? It's like this awesome pivotal point in the whole TV show where it stops focusing on all these things, the decoration and the Christmas and all the people that make fun of him and all the, you know, the fact that he can't get a good tree and who's going to get me this gift. And he focuses on, isn't there anyone who knows? Now, if this were today, if they redid it today, it would probably say, isn't there anyone who remembers what Christmas is all about? Because it seems like we've forgotten and that's why you have the pictures that people say this offends me, uh, you know, of, the, of the, the, the millennial Christmas and the nativity scene where we're all too focused and all that stuff. Because it seems like people have forgotten what Christmas is all about. Now, the coolest thing in this movie is then Linus responds to him. And he says, I know what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And this is cool. So he goes and he gets, or he already has it with him, his little blanket, Right? And he has this with him, and then he goes and he stands on stage with his little blanket in hand. Uh, he also had a hat on, but I, I don't have a hat on. Uh, and he says, lights, please. And the lights come up, because that's what they do in animated shows. And then all the people are quiet, and he gathers, and he shares this verse of scripture with them. And it's from Luke 2, and he did it in King James, which I thought was really cool. He says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
And he says, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. This was like the coolest part of the movie. Now, when you're a kid, you just gloss over this. When you're an adult, you think, oh, okay. When you're a Christian, you're like, we just got to share the heart of the gospel on national TV, and he shares it over and over and over. Like, I was thinking at some point, you know, in the last couple of years, somebody would have said, let's edit that part out. It's too controversial. He's literally talking about the birth of Christ. But they kept it in because it's the heart of Christmas. And then he walks over to Charlie Brown and he says, that's what Christmas is all about. And if it were today, they'd have him, like, drop the mic. Instead, he just sucks the thumb, which I shouldn't do because this is streaming. But, um, yeah, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about literally celebrating the fact that God was born in the flesh to remove all of our sins to bring peace on earth. And it's worth celebrating about. So here's, 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 here's what this Christmas is all about. The heart of it, the most unlikely person, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. That's what Christmas is all about. Celebrating him, celebrating his birth. And the cool thing is that the timing is that we now, because we're going into the Christmas season, we're going to have that same timing opportunity and that same gathering opportunity where we're going to gather with Christmas, with people at Christmas. We're going to gather with family. We're going to gather at work parties. We're going to gather and, 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 and send Christmas cards and do all these things. The timing is perfect. There are lots of gatherings we're prepared where we get to go be liners. And I get it because it's hard. You don't want to beat people over the head with the Bible. But you can work it. It's so, I mean, if you're sending out Christmas cards to people, send out the ones that talk about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're talking with people, or what are you going to be doing this Christmas? Well, I'm going to be celebrating the birth of Christ with my cousin. My Aunt Susie's coming in. I haven't seen Uncle Job. Work it into every conversation because that's what it's about. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we're rejoicing in. And Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to do what's called a jingle all the way to Christmas challenge. I didn't make that up. Somebody else did. So if it's corny, don't complain to me. But we're going to do this challenge where every week I'm going to challenge us to do something that kind of takes our celebration of Jesus to the next level. And the first thing is, how many are familiar with Advent? Right Now, Advent is the, the, the four Sundays leading up to Christmas where they start trying to get people excited about Christmas. It's not a biblical thing. It's not unbiblical. It is a church tradition that came out in the 5th or 6th century, you know, and then really took off in, the, I think, 19th or 20th century, beginning of the 20th century, end of the 19th century, when they came out with the advent calendars where every day you can open up and there's different things and verses. And the whole idea was just like now, the church leaders said, hey, people aren't excited about Christmas. So let's intentionally take time to get them excited about Christmas. So my challenge to you is that over the next four weeks is that you start trying to get other people excited about Christmas. 
Most of us won't have to do that with kids. It's like it's put into their DNA. Christmas, not just the presents, but decorating, you know, shopping, doing food stuff together with the parents. They get excited about that. We get weighed down by it. One more task to do. Did I make enough cookies? You know, did this, did I burn the church? All this kind of stuff. My challenge is that we take the opportunity and the time to get people excited about it. As the band comes up, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And God, we pray that this Christmas season that we receive and that we acknowledge that God in the flesh was born 2,000 years ago in the city of David, Christ the Lord, to save humanity from our sins. And we pray that we acknowledge that that is worth celebrating. That is worth getting excited about. And we pray that just just now, this, this perfect timing, the perfect gathering up for us to share the Christmas story and be able to let people know what Christmas is all about. We pray this in Jesus' name.